You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Hey, everyone. You are listening to the All Things Private Practice Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Casal in Asheville, North Carolina, joined today by Dr. Liz Slonena. She is a PsyD and psychologist here in Asheville, and I'm really excited to have her on here. She's doing some really cool stuff with hypnosis. She does EMDR. She is always making ridiculously funny TikTok and Facebook videos to watch, and I just really appreciate you being on today. Well, thanks, Patrick. I'm really honored and happy to be here today. And I didn't butcher your name like I thought I was going to before we started. (laughs) You know, it's like late in the day and I'm like, my brain is barely working. So I'm I'm happy to have you on. I wanted to talk about some cool stuff that you're doing. We'll get to that in a little bit. But I think you and I were going to talk about grind culture and anti-capitalism. And honestly, the burnout rate in our profession right now is so fucking high. And it probably has never been higher due to COVID, due to everything else in our culture right now and our world. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, when you submitted the topic, I was excited for that because I think it's really important to start addressing and really having some communication around this. Yeah. And that's because the internalized capitalism, the grind culture, the hustle culture is so ingrained as far as therapists, therapreneurs, entrepreneurs, it's just like part of the, I don't know, culture of it. And I really want to strive to stop that out uh, just because it really doesn't serve us. And despite us, you know, being therapists, talking about self-care, talking about pacing yourselves, talking about really relaxing. And we are so bad at taking our own medicine. <laughs> and it, it sucks. Like, I was going to ask you what self-care was. I was like, what yeah, the what fuck is, is self-care? Yeah. What is that? What are hobbies? What's a social life? Like sometimes <laughs> it just goes out the window and how can we provide, you know, the words of wisdom to our clients to like settle down, to be still, to relax, to actually have fun and play when we can't do that ourselves. And, you know, brings up a lot of issues too. It's like, shit, am I really being true to my word? Am I being, you know, honest with myself? And it is hard when the culture of being a therapist like a modern therapist now, especially being an entrepreneur, is this pressure to do all the things. Start a podcast, be on social media, have a newsletter or a listserv or have your own Facebook group. The list goes on and on and on. Oh, and on top of, you know, being a therapist, seeing clients and doing those damn CEUs too. Yeah. And where the hell do you fit life into that? You don't. (laughs) We don't practice what we preach typically in our profession. I think that we're really good at talking about self-care. We are are really good at like motivating other people to take care of themselves. And then when we flip the script and we have to look in the mirror, we're like, oh no, I can't stop working. And I've got to keep hustling. I've got to be visible. I can't stop. And I struggle with that from time to time where I'm like, holy shit, I can't turn this off. Like I have to be visible. I have to moderate my Facebook group. I've got to do a pod, like everything, right? Like we've got to do it all. Do you ever feel that way with like some of the social media stuff that you're doing? Because you're pretty visible right now. 
Right. Yeah. And I totally feel that. And I am starting to really pause and ask myself, why the fuck am I doing this in the first place? And it has been like this strange aspect too, because I started my Instagram like a year ago, as well as my YouTube account a year ago too. And I was very inconsistent with it and the growth was just not there. And so when things started ramping up, I made a commitment to myself of, okay, I'm going to post every day on Instagram. And yeah, sure. That ended up with a lot of followers and kind of growth in that way. And at first it was really exciting. And it was also really exciting as someone with ADHD to actually be consistent for the first time in my fucking life. And (laughs) then, and then it was like, oh shit, this is soul draining. That's pressure of, I need to do this or else I'll lose followers or I'll not be seen. I'll be invisible. And also just kind of really taking a step back and being like, wait, why, why am I doing this? You know, how is this serving me now? And really starting to realize, okay, do I really need to be showing up every single day? Because like you were saying, Patrick, it is so hard to turn off to be an actual human, not a a therapist human or just a therapist on social media and actually just put the phone down and relax and just play. Yeah, it is really hard. And as another entrepreneur who has ADHD, I get it because we lose interest so quickly. And when we're in it, we're in it. Like we are so invested. We're so excited. This is the best thing ever. And you can lose yourself in that. Like the constant need and drive to stay relevant, to be visible, to show up when people are on Instagram or on Facebook or come up quicker and at the forefront of people's feeds. Like that takes a lot of energy. And I think you're right. Like, what is this all for? Right? Like it's okay to be visible. It's okay to brand and and do all the things but like how do we channel that and like find balance because like you're saying being playful having fun what are we doing this for am i doing this so like i can never enjoy my life or my downtime or even feel like i know how to put the phone away or like step away from being responsive that's really hard for me Oh yeah. For me as well, that responsiveness, I don't know if it's my ADHD brain, but Instagram going in through my DMs and like responding to people's posts and messages. Holy shit. That's like the hardest thing I can do. So I'm so sorry. (laughs) People have been like messaging me just completely blank my mind, but it is like this constant kind of necessity to be on, to be uber responsive and to be a machine and not a human. It is kind of that curse of being there, of being visible and kind of being available at all times. I don't think you would prescribe that for any of your clients because it is so draining. And again, with all the research as far as productivity of well-being is taking breaks is the most important thing that you can do for yourself and creativity. Yeah. And I think when we take breaks, give ourselves space, that's when creativity starts to come up and manifest. And those really good ideas can start to like percolate a little bit. And we can't do that when we're just moving from thing to thing to thing. And I think so often as therapists, we do that. Like, We overbook ourselves. We feel guilty when we turn someone away. We have to fit another client in today because I need to make money or they really need to see me and maybe I feel like responsible. And then all of a sudden you're like, did I even eat lunch today? I don't even know if I've spoken to another human being who wasn't a client of mine. Yes. And I think too, with just neurodivergence and ADHD brains, we do kind of oscillate between being bored and then being overcommitted and overwhelmed and not knowing what that balance is to create space, to create, you know, ideas to percolate. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this before being so damn bored that you just overcommit to everything because it's new, exciting, the dopamine is flowing. And they're like, oh, fuck, how am I going to get this all done? (laughs) (laughs) What did I do to myself? What ends up happening to you when you over commit like that? Like what instinctually you see it on your calendar start to pop up and your like instinct is what? 
work more. It's terrible. <laughs> when I'm already overworked, I tend to work even more just to prevent myself from going in flat out burnout exhaustion. It's not really sustainable. And I've been really trying to say no to overcommitments and bright new shiny opportunities and things, but I won't lie. I'm in the thick of it right now. There's a lot of cool things that I committed to months ago. I'm like, well, shit, it's all coming to a head. <laughs> see, I do the same thing and I see my schedule and I'm like, I get frustrated and I get irritable and I'm like, but I created this. Like I am the one who gets to create my own schedule. I'm a small business owner. Nobody is doing this for me. And I'm like, why am I going from therapist hat to coach hat to podcast to like uh, networking lunch or coffee like in a day? It's just exhausting. And I find myself doing exactly what you said is go into workaholism mode with like tunnel vision. And I'm like, I've got to work more. I've got to work more. Otherwise I am burnt out. But what I start to notice when I get really irritable, when I start to look at my schedule and it doesn't look like it works for me, I've got to check out. Like I've got to disappear a little bit from human beings. Like I've got to put my phone away. I've got to put my laptop away. And usually what it leads to is like binge watching Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies on repeat. Like if my wife comes home and any of those are on, she's like, oh, like I'm not going to talk to you for like the next day and a half. And I'm like, yes, leave me the hell alone. I need to recharge. But we shouldn't allow ourselves to get to that place, but we do so often. And I'm so glad that you brought that up too, as far as the hustle, 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 and then just crash, burnout, binge all the Lord of the Rings kind of movies too. <laughs> I'm with that with like video games. I'm just like locking to my hole. I don't look at my cell phone or anything. I like just disappear from my friends and family. And they're like, wait, what happened to Liz? Where'd she go? I'm like, sorry, I'm just so burnt out. I'm like in negative battery mode right now. I need to recharge my batteries. But that aspect too of we are our, our own boss. We make our own schedule. And yet sometimes we are our worst boss. Like, would you ever do that to one of your employees? Probably not. Yeah. I own a group practice and I do not ask my employees to work outside of the hours they want to work. And I don't text them work stuff outside of those hours. I want to. There are many times where I'm like, ooh, idea. Or like, ooh, I need to communicate this. But that's what schedule send is for. Get yes. the idea, schedule send the text message. Don't do it that night for them. But like, you're right. I wouldn't prescribe that for them. So why do we do that for ourselves? And I think as a culture, helpers really tend to overextend. We tend to people please. We really struggle with saying no. We want to accommodate everyone except for ourselves. So how do you combat this? Like, what would you prescribe your clients that you would like to also do for yourself? Like, what, what kind of coping skills or strategies do you typically suggest? Love that. And just all my clients this week, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and other healthy professions too. And with them, I prescribe them. And this isn't a, a thing that I created. I forgot who the dude is who created this, but it's add one, subtract one. And it's add one pleasurable, joyful activity to your schedule and literally schedule it in that first and then remove something that is draining from you work related. Mm, um, wow. And yeah, it, it is very challenging to be like, wait, I have to remove something. I have to do one less work-related activity. And it is so interesting to see my clients and even myself be like, but wait, I don't want to lose this thing. But it is kind of like that, that balancing act that we really want to move towards harmony and remove something so you don't get into this hellhole of overcommitment and overwhelm. And aside from that kind of activity of just noticing, you know, that urge to do more, that's kind of knee-jerk reaction to overcommit, overwork when you're already overworked and overcommitted. And for me, as well as my clients too, 
too, I love teaching them mindful hypnosis and mindful self-hypnosis too, as this is a great relaxation strategy, as well as an energizing strategy too, to really get quiet, to really get settled and really come back to your why. Like, why the fuck are you doing this in the first place? And really kind of staying true to yourself and your values and realize, okay, maybe I don't really need to do this thing here today. Maybe I just want to sit here and enjoy this stillness for five minutes and really kind of recharge your batteries in that opportunity too. Yeah, I like both of those strategies. So add one, subtract one, try to find a way to pencil in or schedule in something pleasurable, something that you enjoy doing, regardless of what it is, right? Like it doesn't have to be productive because we need to stop thinking that positive self-care is productivity. Like you could be binge watching a show. You could step away and go to a restaurant you really like. Like you could go for a walk with your dogs. It doesn't matter, but try to add something in that really feels good for you. I get that the subtraction is hard because thinking about that, I'm like, like, yeah, what would I remove? Right? Like, but then I think, is it really important to respond to messages at all hours of the day? Absolutely not. And by doing so, we're really not creating healthy boundaries either. And we're allowing ourselves to be overextended and over responsive to people too. So I think I like the intention setting too, with the hypnosis, starting your day with that or ending your day with that and really getting clear on your intentions and like the why question, right? Like the why question is really important. Exactly. And, you know, to come back to your center, to come back to your why when hell is swirling around you is so important to really, you know, redirect your course of action and, you know, holding that intention at the start of your day, especially with ADHD minds can really help you kind of move towards that success instead of getting to rabbit holes or black holes of your interests and hyper-focusing too. Totally. I, I can't tell you how many days I start off with like intention to do something pleasurable, like call a friend, check something online that I want to actually follow through with, uh, text someone I'm meaning to communicate with. All of a sudden I start answering emails yeah. and phone calls and work messages. And I don't even remember what my intention was at the beginning of the day. And then I'm wrapped up in it. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, I don't even know how I got here. And then it's, again, I have no one to blame but myself. So really trying hard to be more intentional with how we go about going through the motions in our day and not just allowing the day to control us. Yes. And you're right. It is so hard. I've been there nearly every day myself. <laughs> and so it is kind of this challenge of you have all these bright, shiny ideas and bright, shiny responsibilities and really use your brain rather than your brain using you. Right. Absolutely. Very good point. Yeah. I think we need to do better as a, not just societal, but in our culture of, in our profession, like we've got to do better. We've got to practice what we preach. We've got to really work on ourselves and our self-care because otherwise we're no good to anyone. And then we're just on to the next thing, on to the next thing. And it just never feels satisfying either because it's like, what is my next accomplishment? I've done it, check it off the list, move on to the next one because that's what I'm supposed to do. And I think that we also correlate and connect and associate self-worth with productivity. Yes, and I'm so glad that you brought that up of internalized capitalism where yes, capitalism is like in our veins of our our country, unfortunately, but because it is so systemic, it's so visible and invisible at the same time, that's inherent self-worth linked to productivity, what you make, what you create, that is internalized capitalism. And that capitalism at its its roots, unfortunately, is rooted in racism and white supremacy of taking advantage of slave labor and minorities and for you know other individuals who are not you know, white cisgendered men. And it's terrible as 
as healthy professionals, as you know, proponents of social justice, to follow the same exact trap, to demand more of ourselves and you know, even connect ourselves to our, our work. It is so hard to let go of that because whenever you probably meet someone new, what's the first thing you ask? You probably ask, what do you oh, do? What do you do for a living? Yeah. And what do you do for a living? I did that yesterday, actually. <laughs> and was such a default question and response. I didn't even really care about the answer. It right. was just like when you pass someone in the hallway and you say like, hey, how are you? But you don't really care. You just keep walking and you're like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. And then you go on about your day. It's such a default, like deeply ingrained question and response and thought process of like, we associate our value and we associate who we are even with what we do. Yeah, that is a trap because if that is your identity, your worth, you forget all the other things and aspects of yourself of who makes who you are you. There's other kind of labels and I'm sure like acceptance commitment therapy comes to mind of like, you know, self as context, capital S self of who are you if you didn't have your job? Who are right. you if you didn't have the degrees that you've earned? And most people are like, fuck, I, I have no idea. I don't even know what my hobbies are anymore. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You're you're spot on. It's like we go into that mode and we're almost like trying to prove ourselves too. like, look how much I've accomplished. Look how much I do. And that's really not healthy. And even in my life, right, like I have so many people now that I'm doing all the things and I'm, you know, guilty of this. But people will say it's amazing how much you've created this year. It's amazing how much you do and how much work output you have. And I'm like, yeah, there's a fucking cost to this. Like this is maybe on the outside looking in really glamorous and like, oh, my God, look at all this creation. But on the other side, it's like hanging on by a thread, exhaustion, depletion, like just complete utter burnout. Then there is that internalized message of, but you have to keep going. You have to do the next thing. And I vividly remember like playing in a big, big soccer tournament during Labor Day, being utterly physically and emotionally exhausted. We ended up winning. It was awesome. And laying in bed Monday, like I couldn't even move physically. I was just so tired. And in my mind, the message in the narrative was like, you're being lazy. You are not answering phone calls. You are not answering emails. You could be doing something in your business. And that was like an internal struggle all fucking day where it was like, this is this is torturous. Like this, this needs to stop. It really is. And oh my gosh, I can completely resonate with that. And I hear this time and time again, with my clients that they finally get a break. They finally are able to take that vacation that they've been dreaming of and you know, really vying for. And then they can't relax. They are yep. so on edge. They're like, fuck fuck, fuck, I got to do. Oh no, what <laughs> happens? Oh no, I'm losing so much money because I'm not seeing clients or doing all the things. And what will happen when I come back? Will there be another racist on my you know, Facebook group? And it, it is so hard because just like you kind of mentioned, Patrick, you are rewarded for all the things that you've done, everything that you've created. And it's not as maybe reinforcing when you do take a break, when you do relax. Even if it's one day a week, it's like, well, shit, this feels weird. And some people even have kind of like allergic reaction to even the word relaxation or doing nothing because for years they've been trained probably from you know grad school days or even predating that to do 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 hustle 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 or you're a big piece of lazy shit just sitting around doing nothing <laughs> that's exactly right it's like when we think about nothing and stillness and relaxation i think the negative connotation and label and association is laziness it's that you are being lazy you are not 
not being productive? Why are you being a lazy piece of shit, right? Like, and that is not only intrinsic and internalized, it's externalized too. Like we hear that from other sources. So then we start to really absorb that and say like, yeah, what is wrong with me? Why do I need a day off? Why do I feel so tired? Why do I feel so depressed or anxious? Like that stuff is real. And even when you just said like stillness and relaxation, I noticed a, a reaction in my body where I was like, oh, I, I don't think I can sit still. Like there's something wrong there. You know, I'm really working on that, but it's it's really uncomfortable. It is really hard. And it just makes me think about other professions, even other health professions where I don't believe that hustle, that grind, the people pleasing, the responding to clients that are not even ours. It's not as, as present. They are happy to take a vacation off. There's no kind of doubt that, yeah, I'm going to take a month vacation and my clients, they'll, you know, they'll fend for themselves. They got it. They have referrals, but we are kind of, you know, so sometimes entrenched in our work. Also to the point too, that I don't know if this has ever happened to you, Patrick, but a hobby that you thought started as a hobby for fun and enjoyment and play becomes a hustle. Your hobby becomes making more money. The hobby becomes making YouTube videos or meditations like myself. And what was once just enjoying and just playfulness turns into a job and kind of robs you of that flow of that no expectations of just experimenting and seeing what happens. And here we are again, you know, catch 22, the work never stops. You're so right. You know, it's funny because even as we're doing this podcast, it's for enjoyment, but we're also kind of working, you know, because we're both going to promote it. We want visibility and it's just like, it never stops. And you're right. Like hobbies become hustles. They become side hustles. Then all of a sudden they're no fun. And, you know, my wife started a, a clay earring business and she's very artistic, very creative. She does it for fun. And me, I'm like, all right, we've got to get it on an Etsy page. You got to apply to more markets in the area. Like we can sell it this way and market it this way. She's like, no, like I'm just doing this for fun. And I'm like, huh, what does that even mean? And that's so refreshing when you have someone, especially your wife to be like, no, I'm just doing this for fun. I don't care how much money I make. I'm just enjoying it for what it is. And I think that, you know, the money struggles and the money mindset that especially as mental health professionals that we fall into. Yeah. It makes sense that our brain automatically goes to, okay, how can I, you know, turn this hobby into a hustle and make money? Yep. 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 So moral of the story story is we're not alone, right? Like anyone listening to this right now, you're not alone if this resonates for you, if this lands, if you feel like you can't turn it off, that you can't stop, but you want to. And I would ask you to try to check in with your parts. And if you are familiar with IFS or parts work, like check in with the parts that are saying you can't stop. Your value is based on your achievements or your accomplishments or how much you do. And then check in with the part that's like, I am so exhausted. I just need rest and really try to give that part some love and some nurture and some compassion because I mean our parts that are really deeply rooted in terms of protecting ourselves it's hard to kind of break that mold so I just want to really encourage that it's very exhausting to go through this and I know a lot of therapists who are like expanding into entrepreneurs in different arenas and I applaud you I'm one of them Liz is one of them I love it but we have to find balance like we have to find a way to step away from what we're doing well that and I love how you're integrating parts work and IFS. And I'm just so curious too, what is the image of your workaholic part? If it has an image, what is it? Oh, I'm so bad at imagery. Like my therapist asked me that. She's like, what did you, what do you want to name your workaholic part? Or like, what do you want to, what, how does it look? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I just know it exists. Like, but if I had to think about the image, it's like, it's mean, it's ugly. Like, it's like, oh, I think about like, 
I'm thinking about another Lord of the Rings reference because the poster is behind me. But like I see these goblins in the tunnel and they're like whipping each other to keep doing more work and like build more tunnels. And like I'm like, that's what it looks like. It's just nonstop. And it's so fucking mean. And it just gives you these messages of like, you're not good enough. You're kind of worthless. Like you're incompetent. You need to do more, improve more of yourself for like validation. And that stuff is so painful. I imagine so many of us experience that to some degree. What about you? Like, you think about your workaholism part. What what does that look like? Ooh, I love how very similar to yours, there's whips involved. So my workaholic part is a stage coach, but a really, really mean stage coach of like just holding the reins of all these horses with these crazy ass whips going everywhere and just like going full speed ahead. And mm. there's like something really important and you know valuable in that stage coach that they're holding, but the horses are exhausted. Like that other part is just so freaking exhausted it wants to stop and take a break it just wants to be free but that you know mean critical ruthless stagecoach is just whipping them to like oblivion and mm. again those kind of thoughts of you can't stop you have to keep going this is not good enough how dare you even think that you could do this like you are way too young you need to be more mature and all these terrible like internal messages I'm like oh even right now I'm like oh my gosh can't believe that's just like spewing out yeah it is so entrenched and we're certainly not alone because I wonder if anyone else resonates with these kind of images or the, the inner critic or the imposter syndrome that inevitably will show up in this brave and fierce work that we're doing too. It's really well said, and I appreciate you sharing that with everyone. And I want everyone to think about that. You know, what does that part look like for you? And how can we take back some of the power to combat that part, to make it less scary, to make it a little bit more muted? It may still be there, but how do we silence it just a little bit? Maybe giving it a funny name, maybe giving it a funny voice, and again, turning back to play and trying to incorporate playfulness into your life, even in small doses. I think we just lose sight of that so often and how powerful the tool is when we realize like we're really trying to heal inner child wounds here. Like we're really trying to heal attachment trauma and we do so by being more playful and kind of dropping into that headspace. Exactly. And that's why I honor my inner child by playing all the video games that I want to play, to watch <laughs> all the anime I want to watch. And I think another inspiration for just play, um, I have two very large dogs and they are the most playful animals I have ever met. And just seeing them just like out of nowhere, just starting playing, being goofy. There's no rhyme or reason. They just do it. And it just, it's such a helpful reminder to be like, oh, if they can just run down the hallway and be a big old goofball, so can I. <laughs> animals and especially dogs like such a good reminder of just like constant joy and just always having a good time and it's really a beautiful thing to just be able to embrace that too so yeah I think these are all good suggestions and for anyone listening I really hope that you're able to incorporate some of them and detach how you view yourself in terms of how much you work and how much output that you have so yeah I think this is a very valuable conversation that probably needs to be ongoing and continue so I appreciate you talking about this today, Liz. It's, it means a lot. I do want to pivot real quick and I want to highlight some of the cool stuff that you're doing in all of the kind of ventures that you've got going on right now. So tell everyone that's listening where they can find more of you. Sure. So I have my website, drlizlistens.com 
And I'm also on most social media platforms. So that's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and you can find me at Dr. Liz Listen. So it's D-R-L-I-Z-L-I-S-T-E-N-S. And uh, there you'll find relatable reels and memes and other kind of goofy, silly stuff. But um, if you are interested in experiencing mindful hypnosis for deep relaxation and, you know, even activation, feel free to reach me out on one of those social media platforms and I can give you a free trial of Aura, a wellness app that I'm collaborating with. So you can experience what it is like to actually relax and feel better about yourself. Love it. If any of you didn't catch that, all of those links will be in the podcast description so that you'll have access to them to click on them to pay attention to them to follow Liz on social media and to really get in tune with mindful hypnosis and just relaxation techniques to combat some of this stuff. Liz, I really appreciate having you on today. For everyone listening, please feel free to download, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find more of me at allthingspractice.com or the Facebook group All Things Private Practice. Follow me on here. Follow me on social media and we will see you next Monday. Everyone have a good week. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.